Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Hello, and welcome to the Michigan Neuroepigenetics Podcast. I'm Shruti Aurora. And I'm Krithi Babu. For this section of the podcast, we'll be talking to you about your response to stress and how it might be affected by the environment. Especially with the end of every semester, I feel like this is a particularly relevant topic because I personally feel an enormous pressure surrounding finals and work, and the stress level is just really insane. No, you're right. And on the one hand, it's really hard to deal with, but it's also just expected. It's like a normal part of life. It's interesting that you say that because I was reading an article the other day about the stress level in America by the American Psychological Association. And every year they release an average stress rating and this year's rating actually increased compared to the previous 10 years, which kind of made me step back and realize how many, peop- how many other people think that stress is just an everyday part of life. It really is, and I think more conversations surrounding stress and stress management can help with understanding maybe that why that is. Especially since there's evidence showing that how we react to stress isn't just based on our own experiences. I think that understanding the latest science surrounding managing your stress response may help people find better ways to cope with it. Yeah, and I don't know if you've heard this yet, Trithi, but scientists have been looking at new mechanisms for why some people can't control their stress response so much so that it can lead to other diseases. And to do that, scientists have been looking at something called your genes. So let's break this down. Your genes are what make you unique. And you may have heard of the genetic code and how it's like a set of instructions for all of your body's cells. But did you know that each human's genetic code is 99.9% similar to every other human's? But that doesn't make you any less unique, just because your genetic code isn't isn't always translated the same way as everyone else's. And there is this relatively new field of study termed epigenetics, and it's the exploration of modifications to your DNA. And these modifications don't involve changing the actual genetic code. So even though your genetic code remains the same, your behaviors can be different. And that's because epigenetic modifications are like switches. They can turn some genes off or on and even function as a dimmer switch, giving you what scientists would call your phenotype. And one type of epigenetic change to DNA is called DNA methylation. And it occurs when a methyl group is added onto the DNA. Methyl groups can come from your diet or chemicals in the environment, or they can be just made in your body. And DNA methylation can be activating, like turning a gene on, or repressing, like turning a gene off. But for this discussion, it'll probably just be simpler to consider repressive DNA methylation. So these methyl groups Shruti talked about interfere with the ability of other molecules to interact with the DNA and decode genes. It's like if I was to put a post-it on some sections of DNA that encode for a particular gene, so then that gene would get skipped over. That's right, Krithi, and imagine being given a set of instructions for a series of jobs, but some parts of it are blocked out, so you can't read all the instructions, and you can't complete every task. In this way, methylation is repressive. It acts as a post-it note or a block over a set of instructions. 
So the Janet code underneath is still there, and there could be potential for the post-it notes to be removed. But there's also potential that these post-it notes or blocks could be inherited or passed down to children from their parents. So for example, if the instructions were for building a house and some parts are blocked out with post-it notes, maybe the house will be missing a sink or a bathtub. The house is still a functioning house, it's just a little different from other houses with different sets of instructions. In our case, building a house can be thought of as a gene expression, and this is how the methylation post-its change how every individual looks or behaves. So, these methyl post-its are oppressive. So if I was to place post-its over certain regions of DNA that encode for particular genes, those genes won't be expressed, or at the very least, expressed much less. This can ultimately predispose you, your children, and maybe even your grandchildren to diseases. Chronic stress can be extremely harmful to your health, and epigenetic post-its make it harder for your body to deal with stress, since studies show that environment plays a role in how much epigenetic alteration is taking place, providing a biological link between your genes and environment. Wait one second, Trithi. It looks like we're getting a call from one of our listeners. Hi guys, this is all really interesting, but what do you mean when you say environment? That's a good question. Your environment can be anything you're exposed to. It can be from the care you receive from your parents or the chemicals your mom was exposed to while she was pregnant. Wait, so you mean even the environment my parents or even grandparents were exposed to can affect me? That's what we'll break down here. We will look at how environmental ba- environmentally based epigenetic changes to DNA can be transmitted across generations and how this can impact your response to stress. An epigenetic model may provide a better picture for why some individuals find daily life stress more difficult to cope with than others. So scientists are really interested in understanding this relationship between environment and behavior. But we can't really test harmful chemicals in humans, so scientists use mice models. And since epigenetics provides a link between your environment and your behavior, Scientists have been looking at various environmental conditions and how these conditions could affect stress. One of these conditions was exposure to chemicals during pregnancy. So the researchers looked at mice whose great-grandparents had been treated with an endocrine disruptor called vinclozolin that interferes with hormone signaling. And since hormone signaling is extremely widespread and fundamental in the body, endocrine disruptors can have many harmful effects on pregnant women and their unborn offspring. So one of the effects of an endocrine disruptor is epigenetic. It can cause those post-its we talked about earlier to be placed on the DNA. And so the researchers in this study hypothesized that treating the pregnant mouse with the endocrine disruptor would cause changes in her unborn offspring, which would then be passed down to later generations. And that means that the lineage of the toxin-exposed pregnant female could experience negative effects. So the figure included in our accompanying paper might help. The F0, or the, or the first generation, represents the mice that were treated with the endocrine-disrupting chemical, vinclozolin. And the F3, or the fourth generation, are the mice that were studied, particularly for anxiety behaviors in response to stress. So the researchers found that vinclozolin affected how later generations of mice experienced stress. And they found that the F3 mice, whose lineage had been treated with vinclozolin, showed increased anxiety based on behavioral experiments that test for these symptoms. But the experiments that Krithi just talked about weren't totally convincing. 
So the researchers used another behavior test which creates stressful situations for mice to see how they can then deal with that stress. Okay, so the researchers had two groups of F3 mice. In one group, the F0, or great-grandparents, had been treated with vinclozolin, while in the other group, the great-grandparents weren't exposed to the toxin. So both groups were stressed out, and the scientists found that the group whose great-grandparents were exposed to the toxin had more stress-related behaviors and fewer social behaviors. The same group showed a reduction in brain activity in brain regions important for learning, memory, and emotional control. And finally, the F3 mice whose great-grandparents had been treated with vinclozolin had altered gene expression in genes associated with diseases such as Huntington's and Alzheimer's. So it seems like what you're saying, Krithi, is that these post-it notes created from vinclozolin are long-lasting across generations and can have pretty serious effects. No, the effects are so serious, and it's insane that vinclozolin is still used in agriculture. But ever since this research has come out, its use has declined, and no wonder. But it's still not banned in the U.S., and mothers can still be exposed. So women who are pregnant are often told to avoid certain foods and medicines and other things. But a lot of times women might ignore these recommendations, and studies like this really show us the importance of avoidance. Do you think there are any other examples, Shruti, of chemicals that have been found to be dangerous to humans? Yeah, actually, and additional experiments have been done using the same methods we talked about earlier, but using different chemicals, such as diethylstilbestrol, or DES. It's a synthetic estrogen that, like vinclozolin, is an endocrine inhibitor. Their DES daughters may have a new worry. Here at Boston University, they're studying 6,000 women and looking for a possible link between DES and breast cancer. There are uh, probably many women who have been exposed to uh, DES who don't know they've been exposed. Possibly some of these patients may have, have cancers. And DES was used only a few decades ago to prevent miscarriages and high-risk pregnancies. And this was finally put to a stop when the children of mothers treated with DES were found to have a lot of reproductive issues, some as serious as cancers of reproductive organs. So researchers decided to model DES effects in mice to fully understand the symptoms in humans. So they used the same methods we talked about earlier, where they, they stress-induced the mice, and they found that the offspring of DES mice had symptoms of reproductive dysfunction and impacted gene expression of reproductive system genes. And these changes persisted in the grandchildren of DES-treated mice. But wait, Shruti, these, these experiments only look at behaviors and genes in mice. Do you really think it's realistic to infer changes in humans based on these findings? Well, based on these findings, scientists predict that DNA methylation, or adding post-it notes, causes changes in gene expression across generations. And with all this evidence, it seems like the same effects could probably occur in humans through the same mechanism. And while we're only looking at mice, these studies do show that health issues related to chemical exposure can persist across generations, which does corroborate findings observed in humans. Look, it looks like we're getting another question from a caller. Hey guys, I know you said vinclozolin isn't banned, but what about DES? Am I being exposed to that every day? That's a reasonable concern, but eventually the DES study led to changes in public policy regarding the use and distribution of certain chemicals, so DES is no longer manufactured or marketed. And these studies not only help to remove toxins from clinical practice, but they could also serve to promote drug discovery 
of safer and more effective drug targets to deal with stress and anxiety. certain chemicals in one's environment can cause development of behavioral and emotional disorders, which persist in both the children and grandchildren of the person exposed. But what about environmental factors other than chemicals? Well, it's really actually really interesting that you mentioned that because there's this topic that I've been reading about recently, and it's about transgenerational epigenetic inheritance in trauma studies. And a lot of us might think of trauma as like car accidents but there's other traumas that a lot of humans experience, like lack of parental care early in life, particularly lack of maternal care. So to see if maternal separation can cause transgenerational transmission of behavioral disorders, researchers subjected mice pups to maternal abandonment. And they found that mice separated from their mothers and then subjected to stressful situations during that separation showed more depression-like symptoms and they couldn't avoid stressful situations. The offspring of these mice had symptoms and stress responses similar to their parents, but the symptoms were then reversed by an antidepressant in both the abandoned mice and their offspring, suggesting that these symptoms were in fact signs of depression and could be treated as such. But behavioral differences weren't the only only thing researchers found. They also found that the DNA methylation of the abandoned mice and their offspring was affected. And remember that methylation post-its can silence genes. So in this case, researchers observed silencing of a hormone receptor gene that plays a vital role in the body's stress response. But Krithi, what is so important about a receptor? Well, receptors act as a lock on the door that leads into your cells, and receptors receive signals from outside the cell. So these signals act as the key, and when they connect with the receptor lock, a door is opened. And this door being opened causes a response within the cell. So in abandoned mice, they have fewer stress-response-related receptors. So this means they have fewer doors. So then they can't respond to stress in a normal way. So you're saying that fewer stress-related receptors leads to more difficulty in coping with that stress. So is this what causes the depressive symptoms as well? I mean, it could be a part of it, but there's other important receptors that were affected as well, particularly receptors involved in regulating mood and social behavior. And researchers saw that the abandoned mice and their F2 offspring displayed increased depressive behavior after undergoing stress. And that's probably because of a lack of of these mood-regulating receptors. So together, these studies show that the combination of maternal abandonment in early life and stress later in life could predispose individuals to depression and an inability to cope with stress. And not only that, these changes can be carried over to the next generation. of our experiences, but apparently also a product of our parents' and grandparents' experiences. But we can't blame our parents for all of our stress-related problems just yet. That's right, and scientists haven't yet agreed that the effects of environment can be transmitted across generations and more research is necessary. But by learning more about transgenerational epigenetic inheritance, we're on our way to promoting better health care, like better medications to cope with depression and stress. Wow, I really feel like we talked about a lot today. We looked at two environmental factors that affect the epigenome. First, we looked at changes to the neuroendocrine system, which plays a major role in your stress response. And then we looked at more of a social trauma to your epigenome, such as maternal abandonment. 
In both situations, we saw lasting epigenetic changes across generations. And while we discuss them both separately, the two types of trauma can also affect the mice models in similar ways. So both groups of studies saw gene changes in the same areas of the brain, and both these models showed transgenerational changes. So Shruti, we know that transgenerational epigenetic inheritance has important scientific consequences, but what about social implications? Oftentimes, children in low socioeconomic settings, whose mothers are constantly working or away, may experience maternal abandonment. One mother unpredictably abandoning her child may not only impact the stress response of her child, but also her grandchildren. It's also important to be aware of the effects of chemicals on pregnancy and future generations. It's really amazing to see how much environment does have an effect, and this could mean so much for understanding why we feel and act the way we do, which is especially useful in stressful times, such as finals week, when we really need the most self-care. Understanding more of these systems of gene expression can only lead to a healthier society. That about wraps up our section of the podcast. If you're interested in more epigenetic effects, please listen to some of the other podcasts on the page.